Hey everybody, welcome to Thumbnail, a visual arts podcast. I'm Joe Roshert, illustrator, animator, and adjunct professor. And I'm Louis Rosignol, visual artist. And today we're going to be talking about copyright and copyright infringement and what to do when that happens and how to protect yourself. Unfortunately, it's something that artists deal with and it's awful when it happens. And when it does happen, you kind of don't know what to do and and you can be like, all sorts of emotions will come over you and mostly frustration and anger. But we're going to help and talk about, anyway, different ways you can protect yourself, right? Yeah. And we were talking about this recently because, Lewis, you had to deal with quite a bit of this not too long ago and probably still. Maybe we could start by talking about that. Yeah. So I'll talk about what's happened with me and then we can talk about we can go from there and talk about, you know, some of the things that I did, but also how, how we both protect, try to protect ourselves from it. Yeah. But I will say, so the first thing I do want to talk about before I even get into that is I remember when I was like in school learning and thinking about like an art career and we had people come into our class talking about copyright into our like synthesis class, I think. And I remember just thinking like, who cares? It's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, who, you know. I just didn't feel like it, it would ever, nobody would steal my designs or, or drawings or whatever. Right. Like that only happens to... Well, you never think about it when, you, when it's not happening. Yeah. And then I thought like, well, even if it does happen, like it's not that big a deal, right? Right. You think it's a compliment or something, but it doesn't feel good. And people have said that too, like, hey, take it as a compliment, but... But they're making money off of yeah. your work. So yeah, it sucks. So I will say like, I definitely was in that mindset of, oh, it won't happen to me. And even if it does, like, it's not a big deal. And then when it happened, I totally realized I was wrong. So if you feel like that, still listen to this podcast. I think you'll get something out of it. And hopefully you can learn bef- you know, from what we're saying before it happens to you so that it doesn't happen to you because you'll be able to take precautions. Right. So the first time that I dealt with it was with an Anthony Bourdain piece I did that kind of, when I posted it, it kind of went viral. A lot of people shared it. I got a lot of likes on it. Um, it was right after he passed. It was like a tribute piece I did to him. And then I would say like a couple months later, started getting messages from people saying, sending me like a link. And it was to this other website that was selling posters of it. And they were like, hey, is this you selling this or is someone ripping you off? And of course, it was someone ripping me off. And since then, it's happened with other pieces that I've done. Mostly it it happens with when I do like celebrity portraits. Yeah. And people will sell posters of them. But I have had it happen with just regular art where people ripped off like drawings I did and put them on t-shirts and sweatshirts. So it does happen. It can happen with any type of art. And so how do you think they got a hold of high enough quality images to even do that? Do you think they had to buy a print or acquire a print somehow and then rescan it? I don't think they cared that much about the quality of the product they were selling. So they could just rip the image that I posted on Instagram and use that small image and blow it up and have it yeah. be all fuzzy. And- yeah, it's probably not the greatest quality. And I've actually had people tell me that before they knew that I had done the art, they bought a poster of it from this other company and the quality was terrible. If you ever like see those companies that are selling art or selling posters of, of art and you don't see anywhere on the page the artist's name listed, it's almost 100% of the time it's like ripped off and, and they're not crediting the artist because they don't want the artist to see it. Right. So don't buy from people like that. I'll I'll tell you when I first so when I first saw the messages and the fact that someone was stealing my art and selling it, I was so angry. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be angry? Yeah, but it was funny just because of how I 
originally thought like, oh, I don't care. Like if it happens, it happens. It's not that big a deal. But then when it happened, I was mad. I wasn't hurt, but I kind of was because I'm like thinking, well, the person that's doing this is probably like following me on Instagram. Right. It feels like they're supporting your art in a way by following you. But if they're ripping you off like that, they're not supporting you. So you feel like betrayed almost. And vulnerable. And vulnerable. Yeah, that's a great, another great word to use that really describes how I felt. And the first thing I did is I started like Googling, you know, what, what do you do when someone right. steals your art? How do you handle this? And like looking into the laws and because I, I was thinking like, I never actually filed a copyright for this. Even though I did the art, I never actually filed for a copyright or trademark or whatever. And you don't have to. You don't have to. That's what I found out. So thankfully, the laws are, as soon as you do any piece of art, it's immediately, co- it's copyrighted. Right. You have, those are your rights right. to it. You own, you own that piece and nobody's can sell prints of it or anything like that without your permission. So that's good. However, if you don't actually register it for copyright, so you're technically, it's copyrighted in, in technical terms, but if you do catch someone using it, really all you can do is like cease and desist them. You can't really sue them for damages. You can get them to stop selling your work by ceasing and desisting them. You, you might be able to, but if you actually register it for copyright and you have that legal form, then you can actually sue them for, I think like three times what they made off of it. Yeah. Versus if you don't register it, you still have it copyrighted and you can get them to stop and you, you might be able to sue them for the amount they made off of it, but not three times the amount. And then you sue them. Let's say you sue them successfully and you win. Doesn't always mean that you're going to get paid. The fact is most people that violate copyrights get away with it. They never get sued. And even when they do get sued, they probably don't pay. I would bet less than 1% of the time do people actually get sued and pay the money that they're supposed to pay. Because they could just as easily be overseas or using a proxy server that's bouncing the signal absolutely everywhere and you just can't track these companies. Yeah. And then even if they did have enough heat on them, they could easily just open a new shop online and do the same thing under a different name and just do that in perpetuity and just keep being chased and keep scamming everybody. That's what happens too. They usually don't sell your prints of your work or t-shirts of your work on their own website that they created. They usually use like T-Chip or drop, like those drop shipping type companies Mm -hmm. that you can just set up a a shop on their site and then they're printing the stuff for you. Right. And like you said, they can literally be anywhere in the world using like some proxy server. You don't know. And so to try to track them down is nearly impossible. And so what you can do in those cases, and what I've done so many times now, I can't even tell you how many, is you can fill out uh, a cease and desist and you can submit it to the website that they're using. So let's say they're using um, T-Chip, which is like a company that prints t-shirts. They've set up their shop. They're, they've used your artwork to sell drop-shipped t-shirts. Yeah. You can send the cease and desist to T-Chip, and T-Chip can shut down their store because they're, they don't even usually shut down their store, though. Usually all they do is take the one piece that you said was copyright infringement. Down for a couple days. Down for a couple days, and then they put <laughs> it right back up. Or they set up a new shop on that same site or on a different site. That sucks. Yeah. And the hardest part is you can't... I couldn't go on Google and Google my name and see like who's stealing my work because they don't use my name anywhere. 
right. on their website or anything. So to find it can be a challenge. And this cease and desist letter, is it a form that you have? Is it something we can maybe link to? Cease and desists, or is it just a standard document? Yeah, I can't remember the name of the official form, but all I did was like literally just Google cease and desist form, or it's there's the name of a form. I think it begins with a D. We could probably put it in the show notes. But the problem is, like we were just talking about, they don't work that well because they'll literally will just stop for a day or two and then it'll they'll put it up somewhere else. They don't really care. And so I think what we should probably focus more on is like preventing copyright infringement because yeah unless you have like tens of thousands of dollars to like start suing people and hiring lawyers you're not going to get anywhere realistically right so what are some measures that you take to prevent this from happening again the main thing that you can do is like somehow make it so that the images online that you put up are protected either with watermark right or really low quality but even sometimes really low quality doesn't work that well because they don't even care like they're just doing drop shipping if they get customer complaints they don't really care i guess here's the downside too because that affects your bottom line all artists bottom line of trying to show off what they can do yeah as much as it's preventative i never recommend actually putting watermarks on or putting a crappy resolution image up because that's your brand you know and it makes a piece look like crap it's true and like if you're trying to sell your work or something online you want the piece to look really good you want the detail to show yeah and if you're putting low quality images up it can you know it can definitely affect you negatively and so if you're really worried about that and you want to show off the best quality i think probably watermarking is a better way to go mm-hmm. and just making the watermark light enough so that the people can definitely still see that the work is is really good but have it be there just so you know cuz nobody wants to buy a poster of a piece of art they like with a watermark on it right that's the first thing you should do is basically either put up low res images or watermark and when i say low res like 72 dpi if you do like a 72 dpi but it's still like a decent size image like say if i did like 10 inches by 10 inches at 72 dpi on an ipad or on a phone it's still going to look good yeah but if they tried to like print that it would not look good right or make it bigger right you want to make it look as good as possible on your phone or on your computer screen but if they tried to print it it would not look good yeah So here's the other thing, like even with other ways you could steal things from people, like if you steal money, identities, if someone wants your bank account or wants your identity or wants your art, they're going to get it. Yeah. As far as the things that you can do to protect yourself, they're very limited. So I know on my on my website, you can't download my images directly from my website. Right. So there's a little bit of protection there. It's like one, there's just one more fence or one more hurdle you would have to get over, but you can easily take a screenshot. And so... Yeah, someone could have a screenshot of my image, but it could only be so big and the resolution would be bad. And I, I can't track down every person that screenshots my work. So I think that's that's an important thing to, to realize, too. There's only so much you can do. So another thing is, too, like you should keep in mind that there's definitely types of art that are more likely to be stolen. And so, you know, if, if you do the type of art that would look great on T-shirts because it's more like simple lines or shapes that type of work might be likely to be stolen because people could use it, you know, on products pretty easily. If you do a lot of drawings of people, you know, if you're doing portraits of your friends and your parents or something, like, that's not likely to be, you know, stolen and used. Right. Because they know that that's not really a great way for them to make money. If you're doing portraits, though, and then you do, like, a portrait of 
someone that's very famous, that's way more likely to be stolen. So you, you kind of can take that and, and think about that too. So if I were to do a portrait of my friend, for instance, I would have no problem putting that up on my website at 300 DPI and not really worrying that it was going to be used for anything. And even if they did steal it, they probably wouldn't sell much of it. Right. <laughs> Just because nobody knows who the person is, right? Right. There's definitely you know, some thought that goes into that. Obviously, you know, when, when I was in school, we learned about like appropriation and fair use and stuff. Do you want to talk about the difference between like appropriation versus like actual art theft and fair use, that type of thing? Like if I were to redraw your piece, right? or if I were to take a picture of your piece and then post the photo that I took of your piece, it's technically okay because it's a photo of your piece. <laughs> And yeah, there's like different things like it's a weird back, you can it's a get weird back channel, yeah, gray area. So that's appropriating blatant plagiarism. So you also can't, I think this is important to talk about, you can't copyright an idea. And so no, you that's can't true. copyright a concept. So like you could have this great concept, but someone could just redo that concept in their style and it's completely fine. From my understanding, if someone were to redraw something with their own hand... I think that's technically a gray area too. It depends how exact of a replica it is. Right. And to go along with what you're talking about too, about like you can't copyright ideas, you can't also copyright methods. Like if you come up with a new method to use watercolor and like now your art looks very distinct because of this method you're using, if someone decides to also use that method that you've, even if you created that method, there's nothing you can do about that. That's, there's some things that you can't copyright. Yeah. There's areas that I think you can't copyright too. I think clothing design you can't copyright. I think you can't copyright, um, pretty sure yeah, that's true maybe someone will have to correct me if i'm wrong and send, send me send us an email yeah. um i don't think you can copyright furniture furniture and furniture design or yeah. what about like patterns i think patterns you can copyright you can copyright patterns yeah how familiar are you with the shepherd fairy case the lawsuit the obey yeah. case well, the, oh, the Obama one? The Obama one. Because I thought that would be a good one to talk about because it was a pretty large case that a lot of people knew about and it kind of demonstrates fair use versus copyright. Yeah, so I think that the final verdict was that he was guilty of copyright infringement. Yeah, but, but it was more because he li- there was some things in the case that he lied about. Uh, and if he hadn't lied, he might have got away with it. So you want to describe a little bit about what the case was about? Yeah, so from my understanding, this was a long time ago, but um, Shepard Ferry used a photograph of President Obama and then reappropriated it and made it real graphic, used limited color palette, three colors, high contrast shapes. Then the photographer came and sued him for using his photo of the president to do this work. And he's made money, mainly because he's made money off of this image. And the photographer wanted a piece of that. I guess that's where I would screw up because I would think that that would be fine. I always thought that maybe only pictures taken by the actual White House of the president were public domain. Yeah, so it's such a it's such a weird one because, so first of all, it, it's that Hope poster. Hope, That's right. the one we're talking about. The one that they used for the Obama campaign yeah. when he was running. It says Hope and it's Obama's face. And the thing is, like, it's just a photograph of basically Obama's head and neck and shoulders at like the bust 
I guess, of a person. Anyone could have taken that exact same photo at any time. Right, because it's just at a front angle. And so the fact that the photographer even recognized that he took the picture is pretty insane considering how many hundreds of thousands of photographs are there of Obama. Right. And a lot of them are very similar, right? Right. So to try to prove that it was your photo could be a challenge. He did take it to court, said like, hey, this is the photograph he used. And I think Shepard actually changed the photograph a decent amount. Yeah. He totally, like you said, he simplified it so that it was just shapes and colors. And then he put the word hope on it. And so that's appropriation as far as I'm concerned. I thought that that's fair use, but um, yeah, I could be wrong. As far as what I know, and I'm not 100% positive, but I think he probably would have won the lawsuit, except he lied and said he had never seen the original photograph or he didn't use it. And then they found out later that he had deleted it from his computer and there was more to it. If he was straight up and just said, yeah, I used your photograph, but I changed it enough, they might have ruled in his favor. But because there was evidence that he was covering his tracks, Mm. he got into trouble. And so he also has used, like you were saying, the Obey. Yeah. He's famous for that Andre the Giant Obey. He started that whole brand, right? Obey. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he's famous for that. And so he's famous for a lot of art that he uses appropriation or he takes celebrities' images and that's another thing you you know you can't own you don't own your own image right right so like obama couldn't have sued him right which seems crazy like he's making money off of literally of obama's face but obama doesn't have the right to sue him he would have a right if it was defamation yes or things of that nature and so then he would have a case kind of like we talked about this before i'm not sure if it's been up on the, on any of the podcasts we've posted yet but the Larry Bird mural. Yeah. How it was a mural with tattoos all over his face and body, and that was defamation in his eyes, and he sued and right. got, it to, got him to fix it. Yeah, so that that's true. So if, you, if they view it as defamation, so if you, I guess if you did like a caricature of someone and they found it very offensive, they might be able to try to sue you. I think they'd have a harder time, but as far as your own image, it's a lot harder to try to... And, and I deal with this all the time because I do lots of portraits of, of celebrities. Like, for instance, the Anthony Bourdain one we were talking about, I sell prints of it. I do donate some of the proceeds to Americans Foundation for Suicide. But I will say if Anthony Bourdain's family ever contacted me and said they don't like that I'm using it, I would stop in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, because that's not, I'm not trying to make money off of people, I guess, but it's, you know, some people could think what I'm doing is tasteless because I'm selling portraits of people without actually getting their permission. And I will say right up front, if any of those celebrities that I sell prints of or their families contacted me, I definitely would stop just out of respect for them. So they wouldn't even have to sue me or take me to court because just a cease and desist or a nice you know, email that was asking me, I would do the right thing in that situation. But a lot of people wouldn't. Right. So can we go back to the Hope poster for a sec? Yeah. The Obama poster. So... Here's the gray area that I don't, maybe I just don't fully understand, is, well, what if I used that same image and drew a portrait from scratch just using that image as reference, mm-hmm. and it was pretty damn close to the original image? Is that fair use? Does that depend on how realistic and how good I am at rendering an image? So, like, yeah, if I did it in my cartoony style, but use that as my reference, sure, that's fair use. No one would even know that I used that image as reference but if it was a realistic portrait 
it's a line. It's a line that you got to figure out. And you're right. Like they could come at you and suit the photographer could find most of the time, the photographer is not going to come after you. And they probably won't even know about your art. If your art blew up and someone found it, you know, someone found it and showed it to them, they might try to sue you. And then at that point, you'd have to decide like what to do. I, I will say one of the things that I do to try to protect myself from things like that is when I am doing a portrait of, of a celebrity, for instance, I try to use more than one photograph of them, right? Yeah, I, yeah, me too. And sometimes find clips. I, I, I find finding actual video clips to be really helpful. You get mannerisms yeah. and I don't know, little things that they do that you might want to exaggerate in the piece. That's a great idea and a great thought. Because if you do like a Google image search, for instance, I've over the past two days, I have seen dozens of portraits of Kobe Bryant that people have done. And I would say like most of them came from the same two or three photographs. You could see they all use the same and they're all like some of the top ones on the Google search. Yeah. So using like Google image searches. You got to be careful about that big time. Yeah. You're going to end up doing a portrait of if you're doing a celebrity, you're probably going to end up using a portrait that tons of other artists have already used. Right. And the fact that you're able to notice that that's tough. I've worked in advertising and I've had to make comps of things. And so there's there's weird image searches that I've done where I, I recognize the main, the, like the top 20 images, like a bear, like a grizzly bear. I always see ripoffs of the same picture of that bear standing up with like a mouth open, tons of different artists using that. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of, it's just obvious that it's one of those. You're way better off finding like a couple of, if you want to do a portrait of a bear, just find some nature shows that are of bears. Yeah, and screen then, grab like, and pause. And, yeah. yeah, and that same thing for a portrait of a person, like if it's a celebrity. Watch some of their movies. If you find like a cool scene where there's a, he's doing a great expression, pause it. Keep pausing it until you get a great a great look. And you're now you're using an image that probably not a lot of other people have used unless they happen to pause it at the exact same spot that you did. Right, but might be able to recognize because of they've seen the movie, you know, and then it's extra special in a way. So Google image search is one of the worst ways to find reference material. And interesting to bring back to the copyright issue because you can filter Google searches out and see what images are usable. That's true too, yeah. And not usable. Mm -hmm. So that's a great place to, to find usable copyright-free work. And they even will, I think that they even have it so like you can filter out images that are safe to use. And then you can also filter it down to images that are also safe to use even for commercial use. So if you wanted to mm -hmm. do a drawing of that image and sell it, you know 100% that you're safe because the way you've filtered out your search. So if you are going to use Google image search, definitely take advantage of the fact that you can you can know which images are okay to use. And the ones that usually are okay to use aren't the best images anyways. So you're always better off getting your own images if you can, if there's budget for it or what have you. But just be careful about that stuff. If you are ever in doubt, it's better to just try to get in contact with the artist. I know I've been contacted hundreds of times and I, I'm just not hundreds. Dozens. <laughs> Dozens of times. <laughs> um, of good, good willed people contacting me to see if they could use that image that they found on a Google search, you know, for a nonprofit or I've even had students contact me and be like, can I put this in my project for school? Yeah, I have like, that. Yeah, of course. Just go. Just fine. That's fine. Totally fine. And you're so happy that they asked permission. You're almost always going to say yes. I'm blown away. I'm blown away every time. And then there's 
there was a few times where it's like, well, we're going to be using this for this thing that we're going to be selling. Can we buy the rights off of you? It's like, how much would it cost? Uh, you know, 50 bucks. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. And then every everyone wins. So just ask. Yeah. Be a decent human. It's so true. So yeah, we kind of started talking about like copyright and what to do if you get infringed. But as an artist... As we're discussing, like, you also have to worry about the other end. You don't want to be infringing other people. So you really yeah. have to be careful with images and what reference material you're using, right? Right. And and realize when you can and can't use it. So, like, you can use any image you want. Like, if you're just using it for school purposes, you're not making any money off of it, you're learning. Yeah, fine. Go for it. Yeah. But it's not good practice to get in that habit is what I always tell students. So even if you can get away with it now, don't. Because what if you wanted to use this for promotional reasons and it, it went viral and it right. took off and then you, you got backlash for it. And now you can't even do it. It's not, it's not worth it ever in your career. That's a great point. So you just got to be, you know, think way ahead and just think, if I want to use this art piece later for something, am I going to be able to? Or am I going to get in trouble because of the references I used? Getting back to like protecting yourself. I will say like, there's no way to protect yourself 100% because... But like, for instance, I sell prints of my work, so I could put up on my website all watermarked work at low res. But if someone really wanted and they bought a print of my work, they could scan it at a high resolution and then they could sell posters of it from there. So to protect yourself 100%, if someone really wants to steal your artwork, they probably can. Right. Think of it as like protecting what's in your house. It's like, yeah, you locked your door. Good for you. That's one hurdle. That someone has to get through. Yeah. And like how many other hurdles are you yeah. going to add? Are you going to add a security system? Are you going to add a motion detecting light? Are you going to add, you know, insurance? Yeah. So back to... But... but uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, just to go to go along with that. But just because if someone really wanted to break in, they could, doesn't mean you would just say, oh, screw it. I'll just leave my door open. Right. Right. You're still going right. to take precautions, right? Do everything you can. Yeah. You can't stress too much about it. You don't want to make it easy right. for people to steal your art is right. basically what I'm saying. Just like you don't want to make it easy for people to steal your money or your, your right. things you own. There's no way to 100% protect yourself. Just about a week ago, someone sent me another, a new website that's selling. Uh, they have just one of my drawings, but they're selling it on everything. Ouch. Yeah, they, they've got like mugs, they've got hoodies, they've got pajamas. And so it's like this crappy drop shipping place. And they just uploaded the drawing of mine, and then they just made it available on any product that they sell. And I haven't had any luck getting them to take it down. And it's also like, because I've had such little success with cease and desist, like we talked about, they'll put take it down, but they'll put it right back up a day or two later. It does get to the point where you, you wonder, like, is it even worth my time to send a cease and desist anymore? Yeah, I think it's always worth it if you find it, because of think about all the times you don't know that it's happening. So I've I've never I've been fortunate enough to not be in your shoes and well, at least not know. You don't know, yeah. And so I could be re- being ripped off, you know, in China, the other side of the world, and I just wouldn't know about it. You know, there could be a whole T-shirt franchise that I just don't know about. Yeah, that's true. You and and if they were in China, there's nothing you could do anyway because copyright laws are are country to country. Right. So you know you w- wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Right. That's the other thing to talk about, like. If it's not in the country you live in, like there's nothing you're going to be able to do. The only thing I can say is use your own platforms. So I've done that. If I find someone stealing my copyright, I'll post on Instagram and say, hey, this company's stealing my stuff. Don't buy from them. Call them out. If you see their ads on Facebook, comment that it's my work. Call them out. And people always do. And you can report them too through you know, Instagram or 
Facebook. Yeah. And so... And just keep reporting. Yep. So as an artist, you have a platform. Most artists have social media and have a way that they put their own art in front of their their fans. And so use those platforms to call out thieves if you see someone stealing your work, you know, definitely. So it's hard, like you don't want to... In a one way, like I was torn when it first happened, like, I don't know if I want to post on my social media because is that going to give them more attention? And because they were selling posters of my work that I was selling on my Etsy and they were selling them cheaper. I know that they were way lower quality, but if I gave them attention, it could still give them business. What if some people were like, I don't care who I buy it from. If this is cheaper, I'm just going to buy it from them. That's that's tricky. And I, I don't know if there's anything else in addition that I do actively to like protect yourself to protect myself there's not a lot it's not like there's all these different steps that you can take to protect yourself i think that the main things are thinking about the likelihood that something's going to be stolen and then you know the the image quality if you see something stolen i say even before it gets stolen if you have a piece of art that you put up and it gets shared a lot and it goes viral, I think it's worth at that point taking that piece and re- actually registering it. Have you gone through the process of trying to register Yeah. anything ever? Yeah. So I've registered the Anthony Bourdain portraits I've done. I registered a Golden Girls portrait I did because that was selling quite a bit. So I didn't want that one to get ripped. Oh, and that one did get ripped off. So I registered it just so I have it. And so where do you register it? So you just literally go on Google and type in like copyright artwork United States and the website will come up. And it's, I think it's $50 to register a piece of art or a collection, but the collection has to be, you can't just say like, I'm registering all of the work I did this year for $50. Like it has to be like a collection of work that you publish together or a series. If you do like a series. Is that partly a reason why you have art books? Well, that's a great, yeah, that's a great thing. So the art books I have now, now that they're published together, I can copyright the entire, all the art that's in that book for $50. Yeah. Right. And so if I did that with... Hey, that's a good deal. <laughs> it's a good deal. That makes me want to do an art book just to get some protection. You could probably... Or an, an additional lock on my door. You could literally do a very small run of art books, and it might be worth the money of doing that just so you can copyright all that work for $50. Right. So, you know, it, it depends. And I know a lot of people are thinking like, why would I... I don't think I'm going to be stolen from. Is it worth spending $50? And I don't think it... I don't copyright everything I do. So it's not worth $50 for every piece you do, but like you just have to figure out, you know, the likelihood that it's going to be stolen and weigh it out, weigh out the pros and cons of of whether it's worth copywriting each piece. Right. And only you can make that decision, right? Right. I like the idea of the book and I do like the idea of individual pieces if they're getting traction. You know, if, if one piece is selling hundreds more than your other pieces, consider getting a little boost of yep. protection there. Yeah, it's true. It is just another lock on your door, right? But it's something. It's one more yeah. it's one more hurdle. And another thing too, if you have pieces of art that are getting a lot of attention, you can do reverse image searches online. That way you could see if someone's using it for other things. So they're not going to give you credit if they sell it on a t-shirt or something. But if you do a reverse image search, you're likely to find out if other people are using your image for some other purpose. I've used it before and found random things. Like I found just like, oh, I didn't know this blogger wrote a piece about my artwork. And now I know. Like, there's a lot of things you don't know. I don't know how how often that you do this, but every once in a while I will Google 
my name and some of my art just to see and like a randomly certain th- th- new things will come up so it's interesting to see that you could also put alerts on google for certain things like you could do a google alert for your name yeah or keywords associated yeah. with your name and they'll alert you when things are posted that have those keywords in it and sometimes they match up with you sometimes they don't like i have an alert for fort house so sometimes they'll get posts that just have fort and house in the tagline but aren't that have nothing to do with me. But um, I think that's always good to an, an easy. It's an easy thing to do to get alerts and, and see see where your name. Yeah, is that's a used. that's a great point. But it is it's worth protecting yourself. And and so just another thing too. I was thinking about those the companies I'm talking about in particular that use drop shipping. One of the biggest ones is yeah T Chip. They're the ones that have stolen the most from me. And I've looked into it online to see the like reviews of them and other artists that they've stolen from. And they actually were taken to court by HBO because they were selling t-shirts with like Game of Thrones logos. Oh, wow. HBO ended up giving up on the case because they were just spending so much money in legal fees. It wasn't, and they decided in the end it wasn't worth it. So Whoa. if HBO can't afford to protect their copyrights, what chance does a small artist have? Even if you right. were to gather all the other artists that that one company has infringed and tried to do like a... What do you call it? A, a combined lawsuit thing? Yeah. There's a word for it, though. I can't think of it. A civ- no, civil? No, no. No. Um, you know what I'm talking about, though, anyway. Yeah. You could tell we didn't go to yeah. law school. <laughs> well, I know. And there's like a... It's not... As soon as I hear the word, I'm going to like, oh, yeah, obviously. Anyway, even those type of suits, like when you have combined resources, it can be hard to sue because legal fees are not cheap. And picture yourself right. spending $50,000 to try to fight, and then you win the lawsuit, and then they end up having to get, pay you 10000 is that worth it? And then they don't pay you. And then they don't even pay you. But even if they did, you'd still be out forty grand. Like, is it worth it? All that headache that you're dealing with for years trying to, to go through this lawsuit and all the money. So like at some point you have to realize like I did I actually did a podcast with Will Terry. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Will Terry of uh Three Point Perspective, the other illustration podcast. Yeah. Great great show. Yeah, and he has his own YouTube channel. Will Terry illustration and he interviewed me we talked about copyright if you want to have some more information about copyright definitely go look into that and he has a totally different perspective than I have because he's an illustrator that's been working in the industry for 30 years or so right and he says like I just whenever I see and he's had his work ripped off countless times so many times and he says like I just picture it as some poor person in another country that really needs the money and then it it doesn't bother me i let it just run off my back because if i started fighting all these battles with all these different people like it would just consume all of my time and energy and all this negativity it's not worth it and so i remember listening to some of the work uh the shows that he's done and talks that he's done about copyright but also with popular characters like marvel characters or dc characters or any any cartoon how much can you really use those? How how much can you really push fan art and it still be illegal? Did you know about what happened with his Kickstarter campaign? No. So he has a series of art that's called Little Heroes, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. But he reimagines all these different characters as if they were little kids. So he does these cute type drawings. It's similar. I guess it's somewhat similar to the style that you draw in. You know, it's simplified. Some of it's cuter. Some of it's... They're just they're just simplified drawings. But the point is, he's done like Marvel characters, and he's done Breaking Bad characters, and he does 
just these little drawings of what they would look like as a toddler, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's really, they're cool little drawings. He's done a series of them. And they're very different than what the original characters look like because they're toddlers. Right. So he did this series for years until he got tons of these drawings. And then he decided he wanted to put them out as a book. And he started his Kickstarter probably like a year ago. And, well, he hit his Kickstarter goal within an hour. Wow. And he ended up raising, like I think, like 30000 or $40,000 in the first couple of days. Yeah. And then they took it down. Kickstarter ended up getting Marvel contacted them and basically said that he was infringing on their copyright for some of the Marvel characters. And so he ended up having to not, he didn't get any of the money that he raised. He couldn't do the book. Ouch. And all that work he put into it. Ouch. And these drawings, I I recommend people going to look at them because they, the Marvel characters that he drew as toddlers don't look anything like any of the Marvel drawings you see. I mean, he, he really changed them, but they claim they own all rights to Wolverine, for instance. And so if he's going to try to make money off of that character, then they don't, no, he didn't ask permission, so they did a cease and desist, and Kickstarter didn't even want to deal with the repercussions, so they just took the campaign down. Wow. So that type of thing can happen, even if you do. Because that's also another thing where I have seen those pieces before, and I loved them, and I, I think it's changed enough, and I think the concept's different enough where, For sure. where it is okay. Yeah. And I think there's different levels of fan art where I think this one was it was stepping out of the gray zone for me. Yeah, it was so clear that he changed the characters enough that he should have been fine. And do you know what I think? I think that Marvel even knew that he had changed them enough, but they also knew that they have way more money than he does and just the threat of a lawsuit was enough for him to you know, or for Kickstarter to back down because who wants to fight with a company like Marvel? And maybe he was he was getting to a point where it was financially reasonable to shut that down because of how much money he was raising, maybe. Yeah, they just didn't want to deal with it. And you know Marvel puts out $100 million movies all the time, so they've got so much money to spend on lawyers if they want. So who wants to deal with that? So sometimes copyright comes down to who has more money to spend. Yeah. And you may not have even infringed someone's copyright. You may have, it might be fair use or, or fair appropriation use. And the fact of the matter is they've got more money than you. So you're kind of just out of luck. Right. Yeah. That's tricky. Yeah. Fan art in general, I think is tricky and could probably be a podcast in itself. Oh, for sure. And fan art and portraits of celebrities is kind of the same thing. But when I think of fan art, I think of more, you're taking someone else's character that they created and you're like recreating them in your own style. Mm -hmm. And whereas like what I do is more like I'm drawing a portrait of a real person and you can't own, like I, we talked about before, you can't own your own image, but you can own the image of a character you created. Right. And so fan art can be. Right. And if someone's doing a quote unquote portrait of a character, you know, that's just a straight rip off. Yeah. Right. Especially if they're doing a portrait and they're, it's like a realistic looking one that's very similar to the way that the character is originally drawn. Yeah. Which Will Terry's was not at all. I mean, like we were saying, his were not anything like the original drawings. I mean, right. it, it would almost be like it. It's just referencing the colors, referencing an outfit, and then maybe referencing some props. Exactly. It would be like the difference between like the original Wolverine drawings and then if Legos did like a Lego Wolverine person. Like it wouldn't <laughs> right. look anything really like the original drawings, but you would be able to tell it was Wolverine because of the, like you're saying, the colors and a couple of things. But right. I'm sure Legos definitely still asks permission and they license that image and then they pay. Marvel for some of the sales of those 
they do Legos of Star Wars. They do right. all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so you can with the right licensing. Just get the right licensing. But like you were saying before too, if you're just if you want to use like a photograph or something of an artist that's reachable, or in other words, they've got social media, it's very easy to reach out to them and contact them. Just contact them and ask them. Most of the time, they're going to say, "Yeah, I don't mind you using that for reference or or doing whatever." What harm can it right. be? Right. But if you're going to make money off it, that's where it gets iffy. But if you're going to pull them in, pull them in and pay them, go for it. <laughs> Yeah, so so there's there's a lot we could talk about, but I think we've covered copyright pretty good. I mean, do you did you have anything more specific you wanted to talk about? Not off the top of my head. I think that about wraps it up for me. Yeah, I don't either. So if anybody, you want to tell anybody how they can reach us with questions or anything? Yeah, you can reach us at thumbnailpodcast at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, love to hear your stories or let us know if we messed up with any accuracy of details. We're not lawyers. We're just artists. And this is what we know. And how we know it. So let us know. Shoot us a line. And we're running a deal now on um, our Etsy accounts. Yeah, so both Joe and I, uh, Fort House Studios and Louis Rosnell, our Etsy stores, we sell uh, prints and other things. And we're both running a special, is it 20 or 25%? I can't remember. 25%. 25%. For listeners, yeah. yeah. When you check out, just use the promotion code THUMBNAIL. Yeah. And that will give you 25% off your purchase. And so uh, that's just for thumbnail listeners. And a thank you. And a thank you for listening. Yeah. Have a great day, guys. All right. Take care.